Owen Corey joins me, who's the editor of Air and Travel magazine. Good afternoon to you, Owen. Good afternoon, Al. Well, how is this going to impact people who already, pardon me, booked their holiday zone? It's basically pushing everything a little bit further down. I've been in that hotel, by the way, Kadima Hotel in Auckland. It's a very nice place with a gorgeous swimming pool. I used it as a base uh, one summer. I was doing a lot of South Pacific, but I'm not sure I'd like to be locked uh, with security food. guards bringing your food to your <laughs> door, yeah. It's always a prison. I, mean, I, I believe that's how they do it. They, When you arrive in Australia New Zealand, you're brought straight to a hotel, security guards are outside, and they literally deliver the, the food, knock on your door and leave it outside like you're in prison, essentially. It's Mount Joy. Uh, yeah. I'm not even sure you're going to be left in a swimming pool. It's Mount Joy with a swimming pool, I was going to say. Now, it's, um, the reality is, all those things that you know are out there, the zero COVID debate, it's a fringe debate. It's got a lot of airways. It gets people animated. But it's not in the real game uh, the government uh, I, 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 I agree with you and, I, and I've listened to you know Sam McConkie and Anthony Staines and Thomas Ryan promote this for the last year and they've Nobody's been kind of dismissed they have been dismissed yeah. by government but they're or, not being dismissed now they seem to be I mean if you look, listen to what Leo Varadkar is talking about now it almost seems like they're starting to take it seriously now yeah, well, uh, what Leo? What? Okay, what? They're not. They're in a self-appointed advisory group. The, the advisory group. They're not advising the government. Who are they advising? They're advising the mob. They have actually got uh, a people frightened so much that there's a clarion call for uh, mandatory quarantine. And you, you instance the uh, Claire Byrne last night. You know the survey they showed up was overwhelming. People want. Um, mandatory quarantine. There's newspaper reports saying, why have we 21 flights into Dublin today, uh, running today? So what we have is a level of hysteria which is designed, obviously, to try and force the government into doing something uh, at their cabinet meeting today. And But is it it not, if we look at this from the very start, is it not hysteria that's driving public policy constantly all the time? Social media, by the way, hysteria is a great one as well. I mean, Twitter is a great thing for driving public policy. I mean, I have never seen a time, mind you, social media is new, I suppose, in the last 10 years. I have never seen a time where, you know, government policy is being dictated by an individual video of, say, people drinking in a bar or whatever it happens to be, or people standing on the street in St. William Street before Christmas, where public policy is being dictated dictating public or by videos online. I am more sanguine about that. I, there was a, the equivalent of uh, social media going around uh, in the 1340s was people running around with torches and pitchforks. And, well, this, uh, yes. so, Frankenstein's <laughs> villagers. But, but I mean, your, your expertise... Twitter is not that different. You know, you, I, I mean, look... Prior you, claim in 1348, writing the Chronicle of the Great Plague in Kilkenny to the days of Ronan Glynn in, in 2020. Things haven't changed that much. People get frightened by a plague and they look for someone to blame. Um, the reality is that... You know, there there is a level of hysteria there, but the way hysteria do, goes is it comes in waves. Quarantine is the big thing at the moment. We we, we by the end by February, our fourteen day cumulative average will be coming way back down below the thousand. It'll be down to. But about that was probably going to happen anyway. Owen, some experts yeah, and well, scientists have said that you know the seasonality yeah. to this, apart from anything else. Yeah. But what I've seen across Europe now is that. You know, a country like Serbia went for, and they were the best in class for two or three weeks. And then 
they went from best to being worst. They went over a thousand. Hungary down below a hundred, back up to over a thousand. We were w- well below a hundred. We went to the highest in Europe. After che- uh, the only people beating us, by the way, is Czechia. And I'll come back to that in a second because it is relevant. So we see it's like the guy who loses a stone and a half to make the race or to make the weigh-in at the boxing match and then puts four stone on afterwards. We, 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 made a ra- we, we pushed our number way, way down. It floated way back high. We panicked a bit. But the way the numbers are going is really encouraging. And by mid-February, we'll be back around the European average. It's where we sat. I mentioned Czechia because if Gabriel Scali and all these guys were looking for a country that did exactly what they said, Czechia is the one, closed the borders, um, really intensive um, policing of anybody who arrived. And their numbers are the high. Where that we, well, we I know we we, we we spoke about this last week to Professor. Okay, we spoke about we spoke to Professor John Lee from the UK last week, and he talked about the Stanford University study, which has just been published in relation to lockdowns. And the countries that seems that had the strictest lockdown seem to have the highest numbers of cases. And from Peru. that point of view, they they did Peru a whole the analysis. Highest death rate in the world. Yeah, strictest lockdown. So, so okay, we're getting back to. I, I want to get to your speciality of this, Owen, and I want to. I want to. I want to focus yeah, on your speciality of this. I mean, you've got a lot of people now very concerned who, on the basis of what the government told them back in October, that you know this won't travel on past the first quarter of twenty twenty one, which it looks like it's now going to, right? Booked holidays, maybe for you know April, June, July, thinking, okay, I don't mind if I have to get a COVID test. You know, I'll do that. That's grand, seventy two hours. We we'll go away to Lanzarote. We we'll go away to Tenerife. We we'll go away to America if indeed America had to open their borders and and Donald Trump's uh, executive order wasn't overturned. But we we'll go away in a holiday, right? And now all of a sudden they're being told we are going to be stopped at the airport. You get a fine, you be sent home again because so essentially the court case that happened back in October between Ryanair and the state, where the state said that Ryanair had no case because the state are not stopping people going on holidays, it's only an advisory, um, is now no longer an advisory. It's now we are stopping you. We're preventing you from going. So what do those people do? I mean, what's the the legal uh, ramifications for people getting their money back, uh, you know, for holidays they've booked or hotels? Are they snookered? The main thing is that everything is being pushed forward, as I said at the beginning of this, again. January was going to be the big booking season for for any normal year. Everybody accepted from last summer that, you know, it would be April for 2020. April is going to be the new January. Uh, The schedules are still in place. Big, expansive, adventurous schedules. Ryanair's full schedule, airing is flying to the West Coast, San Francisco. They're all on the internet. Bookings are are very slow. The airlines, you know, they're 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 they're, they're feisty enough. You know, they don't get mm. faced by short term things. They think long term all the time. They say, well, that's what you'd expect. And the uh, court case is also very interesting because if you were to press, uh, which I've done, um, the officials and the uh, politicians, they say it's still an advisory. Well, it's not really, is it? Because you're now being threatened with legal action by by, by the fact that you will get a fine and you'll be asked to return to your home by Angardashi Connor because it's not a necessary journey. Here's the rub, Nile. They seem to be thinking, now the way the approach seems to be to use the five-kilometre lockdown of local legislation uh, but that, that discriminates against you and unless you live in swords. <laughs> absolutely, but that's the, the legislation they're using and the, the, the line is it's still an advisory. One of the main reasons, one of the implications, not one of the main reasons, one of the implications of it not being an advisory is that legal actions could re- land on top of the government for people who in good faith had booked 
uh, something, a wedding, and suddenly find it destroyed by... Yeah, but could, I, but, could I, but could I not take a case? For example, if I was booked to go to Tenerife next week, and by the way, let's say I have all the checks and balances, I, I've had my 72-hour test, I'll have my 72-hour test coming back again, so I do everything I'm supposed to do and I isolate for five days or whatever, ten days afterwards or whatever it happens to be, or 14 days, depending on my test. I do all of that. And I go to the airport and the Garda Shia kind of turn around and say, and I say, let's say I live in Tala. And the Garda Shia say, yeah, I'm sorry, it's not a necessary journey. You're going to your holly bag, suitcases in the boot. Off you go home now and here's a 100 euro fine for you too while you're at it. I Could I not turn around to the state and sue them and say, well, hold on. You're, there was supposed to be no legal ban. This is my choice. Morally, this is my choice whether I want to follow the advisory or not. So where, where, do, where, do, where do you legally stand? Because the airline might say, well, we're not giving you your money back. The flight still went. You just yeah, aren't on it. The airline will definitely not give you your money back. Yeah, so you, so you've money. lost out because a guard had told you to turn around. So where do you stand legally? Part of what uh, was very important about the High Court case was establishing that precedent. Uh, the airline saying, are we responsible for giving money back? And the government, and it turns out neither. So it is back to you, know, you, you will not have a case. Now, there is no doubt uh, a lot of our learned gentlemen up and down the country working out ways of challenging that legislation. But what the High Court case precedent would suggest is that the government has washed its hands of the responsibility and it's still saying it's an advisory. And, and they That's, said in court that it, the advisory wasn't legally binding, right? That's right. Okay, it so, but, it, but it seems right. now it is legally that. binding, isn't it? Because they're telling they still, no, the guards to stop you. That. They'll say the guards are there to stop the five kilometres. Ah. It's like a scene out of Yes Minister, I know. But the <laughs> thing is that they will say the guards were doing the, the local lockdown rules because there isn't a specific international travel rule. So, so the argument is, Owen, we're not letting you go into the airport, but we're not stopping you getting on the plane. There's another issue to this, the returning holidaymaker. Um, there's a suggestion by the social media feed. And, you know, it's very interesting when you talk to the department, they, they will distance themselves from the guard of social media feed, which, uh, as the guards do, to get their message across was quite forceful. They would say, well, that's nothing to do with us. But the returning holidaymaker being asked, was his holiday necessary? I don't think we're going to see much. There's another really important thing in this. So a lot of this is 14 is mandatory. What, what the decision is made yet is going to cabinet. Mandatory quarantine for people who can't produce their, their negative PCR test. What's happening in the real world, which is not the uh, world that the advisory group or even the politicians live in, is that airlines are refusing boarding to people without the negative test. So you're not going to be let into the country to face the, for the quarantine. And that's where, and that's where the whole, you know, from a travel back, back to what I do, right, travel. Looking across Europe, there is a chaos of different policies, different policies on testing. Germany will take an antigen, Spain won't. Some will take lab tests. Some, America decided to reopen today, and now there's a Biden administration we think about it. So nobody is quite clear right up to the moment they get on their flight what the regulations are. Well, I, I, think, I, think, I think most people are confused now, completely confused. Not only are the people confused, but the people taking the bookings are confused. The people in the airlines making the decisions whether to... Well, when I showed a, a woman on the air yesterday who was stopped getting on a flight from Frankfurt because she didn't have a COVID test, right? That's right. She went, off, yeah. she went off and got the COVID test. It was negative. Went back to the boarding gate, had to pay another 500 quid for a flight from Frankfurt. They didn't even ask her for it when she was getting back on the plane. And when she came to Dublin Airport, nobody asked her for it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, the, the 
there's complete confusion. And very often in these situations in aviation, the really complex stuff is left with somebody who's uh, checking someone in at, at an airport. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not trained up for that. And in fact, you know, it isn't in their job description to actually be vetting whether a PCR, whether a test. We've tested, and now, okay, next step on this, we already have seen evidence of this, that some PCR tests are being disregarded by airlines because they don't trust them. There's big problems about the NHS tests, which has been brought in, uh, which is a lot of English people, you know, there's a bit of English exceptionalism, the NHS test is the best and all of that. Not being let into Sweden, for instance, last week, because NHS testing is done by themselves. It's almost self-testing. Mm-hmm. And Ryanair refused uh, somebody uh, boarding because their negative test was from the NHS. Now, once you start saying, you know, the English were saying our test is a bit better than someone else, and then the French saying ours is better than anyone's, we're now in a complete chaos. And this is really frustrating because Europe said that they were going to do this together. We're all in this together. Well, I think those days are long over. We're not, I don't think we're all in this together anymore. It's affecting different people differently. Listen, Owen, I'm running out of time and I know some people are texting in. Somebody mentions, by the way, the Clareborn poll, which is a thousand viewers of Clareborn's viewers. And after all, we're talking about RTE who seem to be pushing one side of the debate constantly all the time so they wouldn't be surprised that, that it was 91% of people of that thousand particular viewers. But anyway, look, Owen, I, I think it's a mess for the holiday industry. I know that's something that you're very passionate about is the holiday industry. And, 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 and by the way, listen to what Leo said, you know, and he's more or less telling people now you're not going on holidays till 2022. I mean, this this is not good news, is it? Okay. April was going to be the new January. My feeling is July will be the new January. The second half, we'll have a clear idea. Ryanair wants enough vulnerable people, not the whole population vaccinated to get things moving again. But we really need Europe to step in and say, let's stop 27 different countries going different directions. Let's stop all this exceptionalism. My test is better than yours. And let's stop all these fringe debates about zero COVID and New Zealand and all of that and get some sort of coherent central policy because we need an exit plan. We need a strategy. Well, we haven't had the start, but just before you go, because I have to go to a break, sorry, Anna, I know I'm rushing you. Very quickly, last question, your prediction uh, for, will I will Mary and Johnny be going on holidays in August? There, there's a, still a chance for August. It's more likely to be October, November before things get moving again. But we need a lot of things to start going right, now, and a lot of things to be going wrong okay. in the last three weeks. Okay, listen, thank you very much indeed. Owen Curry, editor and of Air and Travel magazine. I appreciate you coming on the air.